Welcome to Ivory Grace, the podcast with pure grace and warmth. Dim the lights, grab a blanket, and create your own cozy ambiance with us as we light the fire of Jesus' grace within us and spread the warmth to the cold corners of our minds. So, we are finally doing this after much procrastination. Um, A lot of it on my part. (laughs) uh, We both feel like we have been called by God to share a testimony. And, you know, this is going to be very vulnerable for us as a married couple and Mm -hmm. very hard to kind of talk about in some areas. So I pray that, you know, you give us grace as we share our testimony. We don't know who this is for. We don't know, you know, why, but that's okay. We don't have to know the whys of behind God because he is all knowing and we just want to be in a place of obedience towards him. And mm-hmm. even if this helps one person out there, we'll call it a success. Yeah. Um, reach who it needs to reach for sure. Um, so just kind of a brief backstory of us. Um, we are married. We've been married for six years now and we met in July of 2013. Um, we talked for a little bit. Um, we met in high school, so he was a senior and I was a junior. Um, we talked for that first year and then he moved off to college and we kind of went our separate ways for a bit. Um, he came back to our hometown after a little bit and we reconnected and started talking and dating again in the holiday season of 2015. Um, and then we were married in November, 2016. Um, and you know, of course, like any couple at first, you know, you start out not in the best living situation. So we were living with my parents and after a few months, yeah, we were broke. Yeah. (laughs) After a few months, we were finally able to work our way up to purchasing or not purchasing but renting our first apartment and you know stayed there for about four years until we moved to our second apartment which we felt was just we were on top of the world yes (laughs) um we moved into our second apartment in november of 2020 so that's where we're going to begin our story um of course we can do a little back history um in another podcast if any of you are interested that kind of led up to where we're starting um and like i said this is just going to be very vulnerable for us but you Mm -hmm. know we're keeping god as the focus and we just want to let people know that you're not alone in your struggles and that a lot of the things that people go through aren't normalized when we feel like they should be. So you don't feel alone in those places and you have a safe place to go to. So our hope is that this is a safe place for you um, and that you're able to get cozy with us as we, you know, share our testimony and walk in Jesus's grace that has certainly covered us even on the days when we didn't acknowledge him. Um, Most definitely. So, um Christmas 2020 was one of the best Christmases that I think we've ever had. Yeah. Um we were in our new apartment, we had our entire family over. We had 
a huge sleepover and it was it was great it was you know it was one of the highlight highlight reels of my memories that i keep close to me mm -hmm. um fast forward um to about you know later that year maybe about summer um i started having an affair and first of all i would like to say that in moments like these there's a lot of things that the world and that the narrative says that you should do you know cheating is always off the table especially you know for married couples and it always turns into a grab of who's going to take what you know we're getting a divorce i'm not giving you another chance and you hurt me you hurt me because you did this but i think one of my best friends really spoke perfectly when she said that instead of going immediately to cutting this person off and it's a all for yourself kind of situation you have to analyze where you're at in that moment and if you find out that your partner has been you know with someone else it's important for you to maturely look at the situation and say well why did this happen Mm -hmm. I think that the narrative is to just not ask any questions, not get any understanding, draw your own conclusions and dip. And I think it's important for us to get down to the root of the problem. Why is my person doing this? Why would this happen when I thought everything was okay? Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought. That's what I had to figure out. And I figured out that it was my fault. You know, I don't, I don't blame her for it know doing what she thought was you know but i don't blame her for it it was all my fault and i mean i try not to let i try to remind him that you know it it was my decision and my hand in it too i'm not completely innocent in it and i'm not completely scat free from my actions and i have to be accountable for them and i own them and i'm not proud of them no but it happened and it's a part of our testimony and yeah but it was mostly of what i was doing and the things i've done that really compounded onto that decision so when i say it's my fault that's that's what i'm referring to yeah um and of course, everything that led up to the affair, you know, we can share in a, another podcast as far as backstory, but this is the meat of our testimony that I really feel like the Lord is calling us to. And I just want to let anyone know that if you're walking through, you know, affairs and, you know, finding your partner doing things that you never thought that they would do, that there is hope there is a light at the end of the tunnel there mm -hmm. is grace in that space for you and it took me a long time to accept that it took me a long time to forgive myself and to really kind of lay in that and be okay with that um and eventually you know after the affair was discovered we ended up separating mainly on my part um after everything we had been through and after all the unforgiveness i was holding towards myself mm -hmm. um i just felt like we needed to take a step back and a break for a little bit so yeah because i was all for 
you know, trying to work through it and, you know, trying to heal our situation. And, you know, but she needed her time and her space. And I, I had no choice but to respect that. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that because I really feel like that time is what I needed, you know, on my own. Because we got, we got married fresh out of high school, guys. So we never really had the opportunity to kind of be on our own and experience who we are. And there is a beautiful thing in marrying and growing and learning with your best friend. But you do miss out on that season of singleness. And so, you know, at that time, I felt like I needed to kind of find myself, figure out who I was when I wasn't being a wife and, you know, walk through that alone. And it was hard because solitude, you know, after you go from living in a home with your parents, possibly siblings your entire life to being married, you're not used to being on your own and solitude, man, that got mm-hmm. me. That was rough. That, that was really, really rough. Cause I'm an, I'm an only child and, you know, I didn't really have anyone to kind of turn to that was immediately there. Um, I have my two best friends, which I will always give credit to for being there for me day in and day out. They are two of the best people I've ever met. And I thank God every day for them that they walked into my lives because, you know, a lot of people don't get to have close friends like that, that will walk through that for you, that will pray for you and fast for you and Mm -hmm. call you out when you're wrong and kind of lead you back on the right path. So, um, About this time, it was summer 2021, and we were separated, Um, and I was, he was, you were living with your friend at the time, yeah, Um, and I was staying at our apartment. Um, You know, it was already hard enough going through separation from your best friend and someone you had been with for years, and you know spent day in and day out with. But on top of that, I was at a job at the time that didn't really help the situation. Um, I just feel like I didn't really have a very good work environment. It was more so toxic. So that added on to the pressure of our situation. And then here comes August, 2021, where I caught COVID um, for the first time. So that was rough and I was dealing with it on my own. I didn't really have, you know, anybody around to kind of walk through that with me um, like I normally would. So that was that was hard. Mm -hmm. And then August 10th, my uncle, who I was very close with, passed away um, unexpectedly, completely unexpectedly. And it hit me like a freight train. So, Mm -hmm. you know, at the time, within the span of a few months, it just kind of felt like my life had completely crumbled right before my eyes and you know, we were separated. I had my job and then on top of COVID and my uncle dying, everything was just, (laughs) it was rough. Yeah, that's true. I think I was out of state for work when that, when all that happened. Yeah, you were. And it, it, it was hard because he and I were still talking, you know, pretty, pretty frequently every day. Um, he wanted to let me know that he was still there for me if I needed him and he was only a phone call away. And so, you know, he was there, you know, virtually over text message and FaceTime. But, you know, as far as physically, I was just alone walking mm-hmm. through that. And that's hard, you know, just every day, just it felt like something was going wrong, something new, something, you know, felt it was awful. It hurt. And 
um, about September 2021. Um, you know, I had received a message on Facebook and I didn't really know who it was and I answered it and thus came forth another situation. And I like to laugh about it because it's so, I mean, it's funny now. Like, I feel like we can laugh yeah, about it's, it. It's funny now, but then it wasn't. <laughs> At it wasn't that point, so it was scary. Um, but it was my fault and I, I take ownership of that. You want to talk about it or? Um, yeah, I guess I had, I had, uh. I was lonely. I'll be honest. I was, I was lonely. I was, you know, begging to come back home, but you know, she, she wasn't having it and which I understand, but I was lonely. So, you know, I met this girl on online and we we had to start talking and, you know, we just were friends and, you know, it kind of took a left turn and, uh, got, came more than that. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a huge mistake on my part, and I I learned my lesson. I put, you know, myself at jeopardy. I put her, you know, in in harm's way. Um, and yeah, I really regret doing that. What he's trying to say in not so many words, y'all, was this girl was crazy, and that's why I have to laugh about it now. He says a left turn and not a right, because this girl was crazy, y'all. Like <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. This girl followed me home late one night. She she was a whole package and a half. And I have to laugh about it now. Like, cause I mean it is it is funny when you think about it. I mean, during the time it was not for sure. Yeah. But it's just you I know. Was, I was at work stressing. I couldn't even work. <laughs> I was stressing. Yeah. Um, and then after all of that happened, which of course we can do a podcast on that as well, um, at some point if anyone would like that's definitely a whole story by itself yes it is for sure um so at that point it was about fall 2021 and that was kind of the last straw for me i decided that i wanted to divorce and of course being gosh i don't even remember how old i was 24 and divorced 23 23 and divorced yeah 23 um that's not a label that anyone really wants. You know, divorce just makes you feel like a failure. It proves all of the people that were questioning you, right, that were asking about your marriage in the beginning. Yeah. You know, are you ready for this? Are you sure you're ready? Especially getting married young. And I just felt like a failure. Yeah, because we were bound to prove them right. But we were. We were. We, we were steadfast. And, you know, at the time, I always... At, at that time, I had credited God to as walking through, walking me, walking with me through all of my situations, and I did feel like God was there. But in actuality, I wasn't really leaning into Him and leaning on Him in the way that He wanted me to. I wasn't giving Him my issues, my anxieties, my worries. I was still holding it, and you know, it was a lot. It was a lot to juggle within the pants span of five months everything had changed in my life people had died i lost my husband and you know things had happened my life had been threatened and i just yeah it's like a bomb had went off it was a lot i was going through a lot and of course you know at this point i um i had struggled with 
mental health. I've struggled with mental health since I was 12, 13 years old. And again, another podcast that I can share, but you know, suicidal thoughts and self-harming started coming into the picture again, because it was just a lot of pressure to be under. And at that point I had thankfully had a coworker and a friend that I had went to high school with who graciously extended her home to me. And, um, she had purchased a home that, you know, she didn't necessarily live in. She still lived with her parents. And so she allowed me to rent it out. And I called it my safe house at the time because nobody knew where it was. I felt safe there. And it was kind of my place, my own little place, you know, in the midst of all of the chaos in my life, it was the one thing that I could control. Um, and thus began, you know, a lot of, a lot of work. Um, at that point I had joined, um, a cosmetology school that my friend whose house I was renting her mother owned. So, um, I was getting up at four 30 in the morning, working out, going to work for nine, 10 hours a day, um, at a toxic work environment and a stressful job. And then going to class from five 30 to nine 30 at night. And, you know, of course you need a couple hours to wind down. So, I usually, and I have issues falling asleep anyway, so I usually wouldn't fall asleep until maybe 11, 1130, and I'd be right back up at 430 and do it again, and that was all week long, so for a few months, I did that, and I went through that, and that brings us to December 2021, well, actually December 31st, so right on the cusp of 2022, um, another ball dropped, and I found out that I had contracted genital herpes Mm. um, while I was in New York for Christmas. My best friend lives in New York, and after everything I had been through, she just convinced me to come up there and, you know, chill out for a little bit because I needed to. Um, And during that trip, I figured out that I was now struggling with an STD, which is, I mean, on top of everything else that was going on, I just, at that point, yeah. I was just done. I was broken. I, 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 there's no words to describe like at that point where my mental, my yeah. mental was. And, you know, I was still talking to him every day. And so he was aware of the situation and I was terrified to tell him at first, um, you know, I was in so much pain and I was so sick physically from this situation um, that I booked an early flight home. And thankfully, um, he came to pick me up at the airport and Mm -hmm. God really used him in that moment to show me grace, warmth, and love. Because at that point, I had nothing left to give to anybody, to myself, to, to anything. And I needed somebody and Mm -hmm. you showed up in that moment and you really let God work through you. And, you know, we came back home and he helped heal me. He was there day in and day out, waited on me hand and foot for weeks. And in that moment that really solidified the future of our relationship because, um, choosing to love me more in that moment than our circumstances, you know, that, that's that meant a lot to me that was the first real moment that i felt like you you know yeah because i felt i knew everything that was going on and everything that we have been through i just knew that 
you know, you needed someone there to actually love you. And it was time for me to, it was a chance for me to step up and, and show you true and real love. And I needed it and I soaked it up and I basked in it. And of course that led to me allowing him to move into our, mm. well, my at the time. And then it turned into our safe house. And yeah, she wouldn't even let me know where it was. <laughs> um, You know, cause it was just the one thing that I had that I felt like no one could take away from me. Yeah. And I really, I really guarded it because it was the one place I had to kind of, you know, let myself feel all the things and walk through everything. And, yeah, and that's understandable. Um, and of course, you know, once he moved back in, we got back together and by April, 2022, we remarried and, um, things got better and progressed. And, you know, that those were the, the next few months were the best I had had. I think we both had ever yeah. had in our marriage, um, yeah, from true. that spring to summer. I mean, those were the best, months of my life i think yeah. like it was it was great everything was perfect yeah, i mean it was different it was it felt like we were writing an entirely new story a new marriage a new companionship i feel like i had finally found my best friend again you know and then that summer we received the news that we had news that we had been waiting on for a long time um we grew up in a small city in a um southern area yeah, so a big little city yeah big little city <laughs> um so moving to a big city an actual big city um was like a dream come true for us and we received the news you know this past summer yeah, of it, it 2022 was your, it was your big dream it was it was <laughs> um that we were moving to a new place and I just had googly eyes. I mean, everything mm -hmm. had completely turned around. Things were moving in our favor. It felt like, and things were looking up. So, um, August, 2022, we moved to, um, the city that we currently reside in. Right. We moved in here and I finally thought this was the chance for us to, start fresh we were in a new city it felt like you know a new marriage we everything that we had gone through was finally in the rearview mirror and i felt like things were finally perfectly fitting together like a beautiful puzzle um of course what we had been through by any means was not easy and yeah it felt like we could finally breathe a sigh of relief you know mm -hmm. um but if i'm being honest you know a couple maybe a month or so in I felt like something was off again and I got that feeling in my spirit that just told me my intuition just told me that something was off and turns out I was right. And, yeah. um, that's really where I want to focus on with this testimony because during this time, um, you know, and it actually just occurred within the last couple months, I have never been this shattered before. And I think finding out what I found out, you know, really put me in a very, very dark place. And I think that when you're in that place, you know, you, you think everything's going good. You've finally been through 
what people refer to as the rough parts of life. You finally feel like you have a testimony. You finally feel like you have, you know, wisdom to share and lessons to teach people about things you've walked through and how they can walk through the fire too. And you can encourage them and be their cheerleader and, um, just to have everything crumble right in front of your eyes again, when you, you know, you've taken a chance and loved this person again and trusted them. And, you know, I was in a very, very dark place at that point. I have never felt that broken and shattered. And, you know, not even in December of last year, when everything fell to pieces, you know, this time was just, it was, it was rough. Yeah. It was hard. And she felt like something was off. So she went through my phone and found, you know, I was having conversations with other women and, you know, she found the, you know, pornography and it really hurt her. Yeah. And, you know, you, and this was one of the things that led to our divorce in the first place. And, you know, during our divorce, even though it was short during that time, you know, he was in a really dark place as well. It wasn't just me. Yeah. And he was going through all the fields just as I was. Yeah, and that's true. You know, he's a little on the nervous side. So I, I, I realize I'm doing most of the speaking. And, yeah, I'm not a big talker. <laughs> I don't talk um, much. But, you know, he he went through a lot, too. It wasn't just me. I mean, it was hard on both yeah, of us. It, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Really I mean, was, it was because I had lost my best friend, you know, my my wife, the person I was supposed to do life with, you know, for a long time. And, uh, you know, I feel like that was coming to an end, but it was all my fault. It was me, you know, not thinking and not doing what I was supposed to do, not, you know, looking to God as my guide. I was looking, I was just, you know, doing what I guess felt right, which wasn't right at all. Yeah. And, you know, walking through that divorce and seeing him struggle and, you know, practically beg to have us back together and seeing all the changes he had made to repair our marriage just for us to be in this exact same place that broke us before, you know, it really, I mean, it, it put me in a bad, dark place, but this is the good part of the story. This is the redemption part, because even though at that, this point I had completely broken again, I needed to get to this place. We both needed to get yeah, to this place. Yeah, needed it. Because if we're being honest, when we got back together, we made a promise that we were going to seek God and that we weren't going to ignore our calling anymore and we were really going to lean in him. Mm-hmm. But in truth, we didn't really seek him as much as we should have we didn't really push to have the relationship with him that um he wanted to have with us and because of that we had to get to this place where we can no longer lean on each other we can no longer lean on our own understanding there was no escaping this there we had no choice but to lean on him in order to get through this and you know, it's an everyday thing. We're still walking through it. You know, we're not perfect. Sometimes we say the wrong things and we mess up and that's okay because Mm -hmm. now we can fully lean into and rest in God's grace that carries us each and every day. And, you know, him being the guiding light for us through the situation is ultimately what 
is going to repair us in the long run. And we have to have him as a firm foundation because once we got back together, we didn't, because we didn't build that relationship with him, he ultimately didn't become the foundation that we needed in our marriage mm -hmm. because we didn't allow him to be. He was there waiting, but we never invited him in fully to be the foundation of our marriage. And so reaching this point when I found everything in his phone, you know, of course your first thoughts are why and, you know, you're angry and you're hurt and all of the things. But at one point I had to realize that, okay, you know, I can no longer be the glue that holds us back together. I'm not enough because we had already been through a divorce. We had already, you know, separated. We had been through the worst of the worst and it still led us to what felt like square one again. You know, we had ended up yeah. in the same position that had led us to destruction in the first place. And so I knew at that point that his love for me could not be enough. And so with knowing that information, I knew that we had to lean on God. We had to mm -hmm. stop running from our purpose. We had to fully pursue him and build that relationship with him. We had to build our marriage yeah. on him and have him as our firm foundation. And the good news in the redemption story of this testimony is that while the last two years of our lives have been the hardest that I think, yeah. you know, we have been through ever, you know, in our lives, there's grace there, there's light there, there's, there's redemption, there's, there's Jesus. And the thing that has helped me and pulled me out of this dark place has been the face of Jesus. You know, you know, when Peter started walking on water towards Jesus, um, and he had his focus on him. As long as he kept his, his focus on Jesus, he was walking. But as soon as he took his focus off, he started to sink. And so one of my close friends shared with me that even though I have, you know, this storm raging around me right now, this storm that's just waiting to roar and take me out yeah. again, as long as I keep my focus on Jesus this time, you know, I'll be okay. We'll be okay. And I've really held on to that, you know, keeping his face in the forefront of my mind when I feel like my anxiety and my worry is too high and inviting him into those those private moments of worry and fear and, mm -hmm. you know, doubt and learning how to wrestle well and lean into him. Yeah. You know, and this basically this all started with uh with the addiction to pornography this is this this was you know the the problem that i was having to you know to all the men out there you know you're not alone you're, you're not the only one that's that's struggling with it but you know you have to put god as the as the focus and you have to you know fight this thing head on and be willing and determined or you know, it can cost you your family. It can cost you the ones that you love. Yeah. And I think that pornography is just one of the biggest deceptors of the enemy because pornography is a billion dollar industry. You know, people make money off of it. And we all know that 
money makes the world go round and you know greed of people is what pushes people to do these these morally corrupt things and you know pornography has become so normalized nowadays yeah. i mean even as young boys i'm sure you know i hear it all the time you know of young boys being encouraged to go watch pornography and you know mm -hmm. in terms masturbate and you know do yeah. their own thing so it's it's pushed from a very young age and unfortunately it follows you you know later on in life and we've done studies and researched about how pornography has the minds of so many people not just men not just boys but women too and it's a sad statistic but yeah. it's the truth of what we live in nowadays and it's one of the biggest traps of the enemy yeah. biggest traps of the enemy yeah it's, it's definitely a trap because it, it does more harm than it does good you know me personally i've been addicted to porn you know since a, a young young child i know that sounds wild but you know there's there's many children out there that's probably addicted to it and then the parents don't even know it but you know as a young child i've i started out you know watching porn and indulging in that but like i said it does more harm to to yourself and to your spouse than it than it does in that 15 seconds that of pleasure that you get it's causing more harm harm than good you know it's, it's it's causing you know emotional pain you know it's it's mental you know abuse and pain to your spouse because you know that's she's feeling you know she's not feeling worthy of herself you know she's not you know trusting that you love her you know she's wondering why do you have to turn to all that it, it gives her anxiety depression you know, you know, unwanted stress on on her and on your marriage, and you know, Satan gets what he wants out of it once you indulge in so long, and it it comes back to, you know, to harm your marriage because he gets you know you know two spirits that are broken and a marriage that fails. Mm -hmm. For sure, and you know, it it causes us as women to question ourselves when we find our spouse has been indulging in things like that because um i love lisa turkerst i've you know currently been reading one of her books that has really been a guiding light to me and listening to her podcast and you know she brought up a good point in one of them about how men when they find that their wife or or partner has been indulging in porn it's not necessarily a bad thing to them they actually you know, don't mind it. But when women, you know, find this secret that's been hidden for so long, it makes us question, you know, ourselves because for instance, for us, you know, everything, I thought everything was okay. You know, we had a great sex life. We were happy. We had finally moved to this big city. We had a fresh start. We had, you know, this beautiful new home and I thought everything was okay just to find out very, hardly that they were actually not okay and it made me question okay well what am I doing wrong now am I not attractive enough am I not you know doing enough am I not you know showing up in the way I need to be mm -hmm. am I not providing in the way that I need to be and of course it comes with all of the things that make you feel like you're not beautiful you're not worthy you're not you know worth 
the respect and love of your partner. And there's just so many, you know, mm-hmm. emotions, hurtful emotions that come up from and stem from the addiction of pornography yeah, in itself. One thing that really got me that I felt like um, God had put into my spirit and I don't know, maybe it was my own thoughts, but um, you, you become an abuser like that. That's mental abuse. Like you, you always think of like the physical abuse, like, you know, hitting your, your, your wife or your spouse or, you know, your husband or whatever you, everybody knows about physical abuse, but mental, mental abuse is that's, that's a form of abuse too. And I remember, you know, I was at work thinking about it and I just broke down there. Um, just the thought of me being an abuser, you know, that really hurt me. That really hurt my spirit. And that's one thing I, I never wanted to become was an abuser. And it takes a great sense of courage to come to that conclusion, you know, mm-hmm. and to to really kind of reflect on yourself and not be too prideful to recognize, you yeah. know, your own actions in a situation in your own hand. But unfortunately, that's just one of the many, many paths that addiction to pornography leads to. And, yeah. and it controls your mind. It controls your actions eventually and your spirit and your thoughts. And they always turn towards perverting things into things that they don't need to be into and sexualizing things. And before you know it, you're surrounded by this deep, dark sin that you feel like you can't get out of, mm-hmm. but there is hope. Yep. And that that's our story that we're here to tell. And, you know, hopefully this reaches who it needs to. And I pray that whoever it does reach, you realize that you're not alone. And, you know, we don't want to make this podcast entirely too long <laughs> for our first one, but <laughs> yeah, we most certainly plan on going in detail in more podcasts, as mentioned before, about the ins and outs of different things we've been through and definitely diving deep into the realm of pornography. And I'm so, so thankful for our guide through this, which has been, you know, Michael Todd, because a lot of pastors, a lot of people are afraid to discuss, you know, mm-hmm. hard topics like this. And for him, you know, openly saying as a pastor that he struggled with pornography as well, and it almost mm-hmm. ended his marriage. That's really been a light for us. And we want to normalize talking about these things and creating safe places for people because these are things that people go through. These are the real things mm-hmm. and situations that people need help with. Yeah. You know, and it's not pretty. It's not you know, something that you want to admit. And sometimes it's often shamed up and frowned upon. But I think we're at a place in society now where people just appreciate realism and being open and real with one another and knowing that someone has been through something that they're currently going through and not being afraid to be a light for people because it can, you know, this is intimidating sitting Mm -hmm. here talking about our testimony and being vulnerable. I mean, it's, it's nerve wracking. And, you know, we both have been nervous coming into this and I think more me than you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't said much. I know. Um, and, but that's okay. And it's okay to be in this safe, vulnerable place, vulnerable place with Jesus, because at the end of the day, he's going to get the glory. And that's the purpose for this for us. And, you know, 
we've only, you know, been in this place for a little or over a month now, but for us, it's about getting 1% better every day. And we're not looking too far into the future and worrying about that. We're literally taking this day by day. Mm -hmm. We're not worried. Today is what a Wednesday. We're not worried about Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or next week. We're worried about right now getting through this moment and you know tomorrow we'll deal with tomorrow i mean we can't we can't worry about things that are out of our control one but two you know taking life day by day because life is hard nowadays i mean it is hard we are at a point in society where it's it's hard to get out of bed it's hard to wake up every day some days depression hits you so hard it's hard to brush your teeth i mean and take care of yourself and so We really just want to shine a light on these deep, dark corners of our minds and places that we go to and things we go through. And our prayer is that this podcast is a safe place for us to share and for people to receive help and ultimately share their testimonies as well. You know, I want this to be a cozy place for you to kind of warm up to. And to also, you know, ask ask us questions, you know, let us know what you want to hear and what we can help with. Because we have been through it. I mean, it probably and we're still sound, going through it. Yeah, it probably doesn't sound like a lot, but we've we've been through a lot. We've we've been and through. it's heavy. And you know, like I said, we don't want to make it too entirely long. We could sit here and go through the details and comb out everything. Yeah. Over the last couple of years, but you know, we want to start with this. We want to start with the fact that we do have a testimony and that you're not alone. Yeah, and that. that we're here to help. Yes, for sure. For sure. And Jesus is always there. Yeah, You know, he's omnipresent and he's with us just as he's with you. And he can use technology to reach somebody. I mean, you know, he's still there with you. He's he's mm-hmm. here with us right now. He's there with you right there in your situation, waiting for you to turn to him and rest in his grace and his warmth and his embrace. Yeah. He just wants you to keep him as the focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we hope that, you know, this reaches who it needs to. And again, we will be making more podcasts and, you know, wherever you're at right now, we just pray that this becomes a safe place for you and wherever you may be mentally, emotionally, physically, things will get better. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, even yeah. if it doesn't seem like it is it, it very dark. It could be very, very, very dark, but you just have to take it day by day. Focus on the day by day, hour by hour, if you have to, minute Mm -hmm. by minute. Just keep breathing and keep pushing because there will be a highlight. Yeah, because we we were we were at that point at one time, just taking it minute by minute. Sometimes for sure. I mean, and and if that's what you have to do, that's just what you have to do because you are here for a purpose. And speaking from experience, even in those moments where it feels like you have no meaning and no worth and no purpose on this earth, I promise you do your testimony in itself, getting through this minute by minute portion of your life is a testimony in itself that could help somebody. So I encourage you to just be steadfast in pursuing Jesus in his love and resting in his grace and seeking him every day because he's not there to condemn you or judge you or, you know, be this dictator of a God. He genuinely wants a relationship with you. He's our father. Just like any relationship, you know, with parent or child, 
your parents are always there for you. You know, they, they want to be there. They want to be that help for you. They want to be the one that you call on in times of trouble, you know, and I'm thankful that we have God to be our mm -hmm. eternal father. So with that, you know, we hope you have a great night and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we hope that you uh, share this so it reaches who it needs to reach. That's that's the that's the purpose of this. Yeah. Sharing our testimony and through that, giving God the glory and yeah, showing that there is a way he is the way he'll always be the way. And, you know, life can be worth it. It can be. That's true.